And now, the one that you've all been waiting for, the 1996 NBA Draft episode of Bad Boys and Beyond. Here are your starters for today's draft. Standing at a totally normal and acceptable six foot from uh, Os Positas Community College, Mike Payton. Then at six foot eight from somewhere in Charlotte, North Carolina, Pete Black Trudeau at seven foot three from Michigan State University, from the Athletic. From the Bud and Cardigan Show, James Edwards. At 8 foot 11, the man with the stash. The man that sometimes wears that hat on the show. You know, the one that looks like he deals newspapers in the 1920s. Nick Hankel. All right, buddy. I've been waiting to do that all day. It's the <laughs> 1996 NBA redraft episode of Bad boys and beyond. And if you didn't hear me, we got the Bun and Cardigan boys with us today. James Edwards and Nick Hankel. Guys, thanks for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, this is go ahead, Nick. This is the sure. first time we've ever done a podcast together, like on somebody else's show. We've never done this together. That is true. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is rare. Um, but you guys, I mean. Mike, I've gotten to know you online. We actually met in Ferndale randomly yeah. at Jay's penalty box. Worst staff um, ever. Yep. <laughs> oh, I do you is that a thing for you wasn't, too? We we wasn't talk the, all yeah, it wasn't the most clean dap, but adapts well, adapt. And then Keith, uh, as you know, we had you early on in the pod yeah. and big uh, just a big fan of uh or I wouldn't even say a big fan, but just respect your history of the game and a big fan of your history i guess yeah like we're we like both of you so when you guys came knocking uh we came answering don't yeah, well, the podcast don't get don't get any ideas like this isn't this isn't for everybody right all right i, I love <laughs> it's, it I it's love only it. for our friends it's, it's only for the people that you like okay uh well this to us this is like a, a law and order svu and whatever the other one is crossover event yeah so this is this is a big deal. And, it's Endgame. Uh, this is a your Infinity yeah, oh, War. This is Endgame. Yeah. yeah, this is when yeah. King of Queens meets Everybody Loves Raymond. There you go. This did is did that like happen? That... Yeah, it did multiple times. I, I'm on a King of Queens kick right now. This is like that one time the Uncle Phil showed up in the end credits of Family Matters. Oh, did that happened. <laughs> that happened. Yeah, as Uncle. That Phil. did happen. I, I yes. remember that. Yeah, I remember that scene. As weird. Gosh, I've been. Nick I've been black culture hub. <laughs> I've been rewatching <laughs> Two and a Half Men, and nothing of interesting course. is happening. You know what's crazy though about that show is at what point was any Hollywood executive like Charlie Sheen like this is seems like a good guy, like he, he, him even playing that role. I'm like, how did people not see through this this guy? They paid him a lot of money. Actor. Paid him a lot of money for that. They paid him a lot of money. Anyways, back to basketball, probably. Yes. Uh, so, yes, as you know, this is the big one. This is the one I've been talking about since we started the show. I almost feel like we started the show just to do this. At least that that was how it was on my end. So today we're going to be doing things special because we have uh, two special guests. It's going to be a jumbo draft. We're going at 28 picks instead of our normal 14 or 15 when we have a guest. So each uh, each contestant, if you will, or GM is going to get seven picks. 
and we've decided, or well, Nick has decided who's going to go number one, and it's going to be Mr. James Edwards. Uh, he's going to be the uh, Philadelphia Sixers or 76ers GM. But before we get into that, uh, Keith, do you have any quick news and notes on the 1996 NBA draft? Well, I mean, other than that, it, it is the 96 draft. It, it In terms of talent, it's more all NBA selections than any other draft ever. Uh, 10 of the 29 uh, picks, first round picks made the all-star team. That's not even including the fact that an, a player that didn't even get drafted made the Hall of Fame. Uh, from this class. Uh, but th- I think the most interesting note is, uh, all right, the the Sixers, how they got the number one pick. Uh, the NBA, uh, NBA owners are kind of petty, <laughs> in case no one uh, has noticed this yet. Uh, the, the Both of the Grizzlies and the Raptors, when they came to the league in 1995, were forbidden from winning the number one pick for the first three lotteries, 96, 97, 98. And so... Uh, this season, I forgot about this. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. Uh, the the Vancouver Grizzlies finished with the NBA's worst record. The Raptors finished with the third worst record. The Sixers finished with the second worst record. But since the first, uh, since one and three were essentially disqualified, uh, the Sixers absorbed a lot of those odds, and they wound up having a thirty three point seven, better than a one in three chance of winning the top pick, uh, which they actually did. Is the second. Uh, uh, best uh, percentage-wise odds a team has ever had in the lottery. All right. So, uh, and those are those are my notes for for this draft. Perfect. I love it. All right. Let's uh, let's jump right in. James has a hard out. He's got a interview with an entertainment tonight that he's got to get to. And, uh, <laughs> Is entertainment uh, tonight still around? I think. I was so. wondering that same thing. <laughs> He's got an interview yeah. with hard copy that he's got to get to. Hard <laughs> copy. All right. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the board. James, take it away. I mean, listen, this writes itself. It does. I mean, as we all know, Allen Iverson was the pick here. Allen Iverson was a tremendous basketball player for many amount of years. He outkicked his coverage given the roster that he had in Philadelphia. And there's a world in which Allen Iverson is still the pick here. However, history played out. It's 2022. It's damn near 2023. And Kobe Bryant, not only is he the best scorer from this class, he is from suburban Philadelphia. So, with the first pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Kobe Bean Bryant. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the way you got to go. It's it, it's it's the pick. I mean, there's no there's no uh, disputing it. I I don't think Nick had it. Nick had sort of a, an argument. I think he was thinking about. Don't making, listen to but... Nick's arguments because it involves guys like like uh, Jake Boschkel. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get to use a Jake Boschkel reset every now and then. Um, yeah, immediately the thoughts in my mind come to Kobe consistently getting booed. Uh, you know, when he would come back to Philadelphia. And all I'm thinking is, if the Philadelphia 76ers draft Kobe and he still becomes Kobe, is he the most loved athlete in the history of Philadelphia? Oh, easily. easily. Even if they don't, even, even if they can't manage to put a championship team around him, is he still 
Because, I mean, Allen Iverson is still loved there, even though he never really – he got him to the finals once, but he had limited playoff success. Yeah, I've, I have a lot of Philly friends, and the, uh, whenever I ask them who are the most be- – because, I mean, Philadelphia and uh, we are De- Detroit-centric. We li- Most of us live in Detroit. If I mean, uh, Keith and, and Nick, you guys don't live here, but you guys – this is your squad. This is your city. This is where you're from. I have a lot of Philadelphia friends, and they say that the most beloved Philadelphia athletes of their lifetime are Allen Iverson – and it's not Ryan Howard. Who is it? It's somebody from the Phillies. I can't remember. Jimmy Rollins? No. Not, not, no. It's better. Uh, Chase is up there. Chase okay. gets. Uh, Chase, Chase will nom- be up there. Yeah. Chase gets nominations. But I 100% think that Kobe for sure would be the most beloved athlete in Philadelphia history. And I think that is a hard place. As I, Philadelphia, man. Like, I love Detroit. I think Detroit is up there when it comes to sports towns in terms of passion, but Philadelphia, I think takes the cake. It's a different animal, a different beast. I think they put, have a statue of, uh, of, of Kobe right next to the Rocky statue. Easily hundred percent. Yeah. And it's gold. Yeah, I mean, I know that this isn't like technically what the point is. And I know we don't want to dive too much into all of these or really too many of these, but it, in this way, at least, but the Kobe piece in Philadelphia do you wonder how that changes Andre Iguodala's career? You know, you are a sick individual. Am I? I just mean in those formative years. You know, speaking comparatively, eight or nine years later. Yeah, man. I mean, Kobe was a lifer, right? So that man's gonna be there. And I mean, it took it took Pow a while to get to Kobe, right? I don't know. Yeah. Not that Iguodala could have been. <laughs> Not saying it was Pau Gasol. I'm just saying the principle of you know having a wing like Andre Iguodala, how does that impact Kobe's career? I don't know. Interesting. Well, you also have, you also have to wonder though, drafting Kobe are the Sixers in the lottery in 2004 to draft Andre Iguodala? It's a good question. No. no. Yeah. Highly doubt it. All right. So with the, the second pick, uh, picking on behalf of Isaiah Thomas and the Toronto Raptors will be uh, Nick Hankel. Yeah. This was the, first or second year that the Raptors even existed? This was their their, their second year, yeah. Second year, okay. You're going into the year two right now. They have have Damon Stoudemire already. Gotcha. And then they're, at this point, a few years away from turning it around for a couple years, you know, Mm -hmm. and then back to being, well, I don't know, they were fine for a little bit, but with the second pick of the 1996 NBA redraft, the Toronto Raptors are selecting Allen Iverson. The Marcus Camby Mm -hmm. thing didn't work. For whatever reason, because he played games there, right? But what happened, Keith? Did he get? I'm assuming he got traded, but why? Did he have? He got, what he got traded for for like 35 year old Charles Oakley, like two years in. Oh, that's um, okay. He was in yeah, that. Yeah, okay. like it was. It was actually a rare trade that actually, in the short term, it, the, the Raptors immediately got better because Oakley was that veteran enforcer. The, the Raptors immediately won more games with Oakley than they did with Camby. Yeah, but the Knicks were also so much better with Camby coming off their bench and being that super energy guy. Like it, if you look back at it, it you're, you're scratching your head. It's kind of like Oakley's like 10 years older than Marcus Camby. Why would, why did they make this deal? But I mean, it, it, if they thought that Camby wasn't a fit for Toronto anyway, I, I, I guess I can see they made the move that they could make. Yeah. Um, I think if you add Allen Iverson into this mix 
And if we're just, again, if we have to do the thing where we assume that everything else plays out the exact same. So like T Mac and, and like Tracy, like that still happens. Okay, cool. Well, then they also have Allen Iverson who to put it delicately, I mean, maybe I'll stumble over this. I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but the most mislabeled position of all time with Allen Iverson I think more than anybody in NBA history where everybody will always call him a point guard. That man is very famously never a day in his life been a damn point guard. You have a lot of takes on our podcast, the one that we do, and this is your best one. (laughs) It's close. I'll rehash it when we come back. Iverson actually was a point guard his first couple of years in the league until they hired Larry Brown. And Larry Brown immediately (laughs) installed Eric Snow at the point and told AI to play off the ball. And that it's was literally right. Yeah. It's, people it, don't it, remember he's a shooting guard. Always has thing. been. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's the smallest shooting guard in NBA history, but damn it. He was good. It's literally, so good. it's a tale as old as time. The same thing happened. Those who follow the Pistons may remember to Frank Jackson. That man was never a day <laughs> in his life, a point guard. He was always a now, shooting guard. And when he was finally addressed as such, he blossomed. Now, before and I, I don't want to put you out like this, but before before we started this, your reasoning for not wanting the number one pick is you didn't want to make the wrong selection. Yeah. Um, what did I do? I picked Allen Iverson. Over. Okay. All right. Um, Hold on. Mike, you're We're really quick. Really quick really no, yeah, Keith, what what's you the saying? problem? Well, yeah, really I don't quick. get it. This is Allen Iverson. Really quick. Get the takeoff. Yeah, you, like, didn't I, want, yeah. you didn't want number one. Like it wrote itself. It was Kobe. I was, I was going to exactly. And I was going to take AI. So that's how exactly. All right. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was like, I knew that I knew it was going to kill the vibes and the momentum of the pod that if we started it with me getting shelled, that it was going to suck. So I was like, so I just couldn't trust myself with it. So so we began this draft with uh, James uh, fixing it wrong. Just, Putting the hometown kid, uh, Kobe Bryant, in Philadelphia, you you selected uh, former league MVP, um, Allen Iverson. Uh, however, there was a two-time league MVP on the board that was also from Canada. Yeah. I was thinking maybe. Yeah. Okay. You, but you, you, I did factor this in. Over Steve Nash? Yes. Okay. No, I, I just thought because I can totally defend AI over Steve Nash. Like oh, this I, is a perfectly defensible pick. Yeah, no, just, I'm just, I'm just confirming ahead. I did factor this in. Okay, this wasn't just a oh, Allen Iverson, you know, probably no, I, I didn't want to, but I just don't want to step on other people's picks. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> yeah, I with Allen Iverson. The, the thought occurred to me that the second pick isn't exactly. Um, Argument like could go either way. Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. All right, so I'm sorry, I don't want to take any more anyone uh, else's time. Um, go ahead, Mike. Time for the Vancouver Grizzlies. I'm this after this pick, they're not moving to Memphis. It, it, it's, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Um, all right, building around big country Bryant Reeves will be Mike Payton. All right, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Greg Anthony's on this team too, uh, playing point guard, and he's going to go on to have a phenomenal uh, television career. But he was not he was not it at point guard. The guy I'm about to select is it at point guard two-time nba mvp and and how big would it be not only you you picked kobe bryant from philly that was big but how about a canadian point guard coming to canada 
to to lead this new franchise. Steve Nash is the pick here, and again, they're not moving. Like they're they're going to stay there forever. They're going to be the Vancouver Grizzlies. Bryant Reeves is going to play for twenty years now, and and the whole thing just changes overnight. <laughs> Overnight next year, they they wind up getting the first pick and they take Tim Duncan somehow and they get him at power forward. Bryant Reeves stays at center though, then he takes over like half the GM role as well. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, we, we don't need to pretend that big country factors into your long term plans. No, That's fine. Steve, Steve Nash is, is the guy, I think it's the perfect pick. I mean, Canadian point guard, yeah, in Canada. And, and you know what? Now that I think about it, because he's from British Columbia, right. Yeah. So this yeah. is he's actually way more local to Vancouver than he was in Toronto. So I, I think this the this still fits. Uh yeah. It, to it's me, this point. is this this yeah. is the first real um no-brainer pick that we have. Because I it, it, there are some great, great players that are coming up next. I just don't think I don't see how I could justify taking any of these other guys over Steve Nash. All right. So yeah, I like the. I'm a big fan of using geography as a as a reason <laughs> as to why it makes more sense for Vancouver, <laughs> not Toronto. I love that. All right, and um, hold on, Keith. Who, who's from Min- who's from Minnesota in this draft? That, that's who you got to pick next. <laughs> no, it's Boston, yeah. right? No, it's Minnesota. No, no, no. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's there are some wacky trades that happen in this draft. Uh, yes. This is the the least wacky is the the pick swap from four to five. We're we're, we're not going to do the the Kobe to, I, yeah, just just so we're we're clear. The thirteenth pick we're going to leave it in Charlotte's hands because Kobe's not on the board, so we're not going <laughs> to go that route. All right, so I am the Bucks right now, right at number four. No, no Minnesota you're, no, no, at I'm four. Minnesota Timberwolves, right, right, because yeah. they created. Okay, so uh, Minnesota Timberwolves at pick four. Uh, we've got Kevin Garnett already, uh, and I have any number of players that I would love to put around Kevin Garnett, and I could go twenty different ways with this. Um, God, do I? And this this is the first big question. Like, do I go with my the top of my board? Do I go with the best fit? Uh, what the hell? Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna reunite these two. Uh, these two players 12 years earlier uh, out of UConn, Ray Allen will be the, will, will remain the fourth Ooh, pick. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm ready to get killed for that because he's not at the top of my board, but if I'm looking, and this is the most important thing, if I'm looking for the best player to pair with Kevin Garnett and I'm looking at all all-stars here, it's gotta be Ray Allen to me. It, 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 there, there's a couple others that I could see, but I just, the inside-outside combo between Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett uh, in Minnesota, like that, he would be by far the best player that KG ever played with in Minnesota before he went to Boston. I was gonna say, Agreed. yeah. Then they just get a twelve-year jump start. Yeah. On the, and, on and, the yeah. yeah. It, it, maybe they can find a way to draft Paul Pierce in a, in a couple of years. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we snake drafting this, or are we just doing the yeah, same I was one curious. through four? Yeah, we're we're going. Oh, no, so no, we're just gonna keep. Yeah, just just to keep it simple. One two three four. One two three four. All one, the way two, okay, cool, cool, okay. cool. So it's James. So, then. Okay, yeah, we're circling back around to uh, James with the fifth pick. So Keith, you messed up. The this would have been the first like we didn't regret our pick by when you took Ray Allen. I would have a hundred percent taken uh, Ray with the Bucks pick. Uh, but now that I'm here. 
And that Bucks team, if I recall, was in a very weird spot. They had Detroit legend Vin Baker. Sean Resper, who was a year into the league. They had Big Dog. No. (laughs) They had Big Dog, who was two years into the league. It was a very – it was a gross roster. Let's just put it like that. It was not a great roster. You have guys like Armin Gilliam. You had guys like Darren Hancock. Just like 100% trivia guys. (laughs) <laughs> hey, we could do a whole episode on Armin Gilliam. We really could. <laughs> so, I'm going to go best on the board here. And given his career trajectory, I'm sure there are a lot of your listeners who might not understand how good this guy was at a point in time. Um, But given, and this is probably the best draft class to date, it's... It's up there for sure. It's top three. We we herald this 1996 draft class. But Stefan Marbury, at that time and in the years ensuing, was one of the elite guards in this league. Small, could get a bucket, though. And I think where the Bucks were at that time, they just needed some juice. And I think when you look at the roster, when you look at the, the, who, the remaining players, Stefan Marbury would have been the picks for the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's who I'm going with. You know, people famously say that Milwaukee is the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. So those Starberries probably would have flown off the shelves even quicker. Yeah. He could have rose that to 25 a pop instead yeah. of 15. Right. He could have pushed crazy volume there. I'm upset about this because this was my pick. And I, I'm I'm gonna say the rationale I was gonna use for for my team, which was gonna be the next one, which was Boston. Um, because the principle can pretty much be applied. Because if you're a team like what I was going to say for Boston, where you're navigating a really dark time in your franchise's history, man, Marbury was just, if nothing else, was going to give you like 23 and 8 every single night for 65 games a year. And man, even though he was, I guess, a, a bolded, italicized, underlined journeyman, right? It's like, he was just fantastic everywhere he went. I and he's he's one of those guys that yeah I think you're right. Um, people who listen to this show, yeah, I'd say probably you don't need to remind them who Stephon Marbury is, but I think the average uh, uh, fan probably doesn't remember how good he was. Yes, good good Netflix doc on uh, Marbury. Very I good. Highly recommend everybody watch that. Yeah, that was a really good one. Really yeah. good, and I still think. The Sebastian Telfair documentary is the greatest basketball documentary, and that's his cousin. So if you haven't checked out the Sebastian Telfair documentary, I highly recommend that. Uh, so I, the, the if, number six pick, which originally was Dallas's, uh, will actually be uh, the actually belongs to the Boston Celtics in, in one of the real head scratching deals, which I to this day I can't figure out the logic. Uh, the Celtics moved up from nine to six and got an extra for and got a 1997 first round pick from the Mavericks, which was guaranteed to be a lottery pick. And all it cost them was Eric Montross. Former Piston legend, Eric Montross. Best crew yeah. cut in the business. Yeah. <laughs> Who was running the Celtics? Because Ainge had Ainge was like five years away. Uh, I think it was ML Carr at this point. It, Patino hadn't taken over yet. That tracks. ML Carr tracks. 
That's insane. Okay. Uh, well, I kind of gave a little bit of a prelude a little bit to this pick. You know, I mean, Keith, you contextualized it, but the Celtics uh, were done winning at this point. They were in like for the first time in, uh, what do we want to call it? 40 years. We're like, wait, we're not winning games. We suck uh, until Danny Ainge showed up. So that's why I wanted to go Starberry here is because I was like, hey, man, you need that. You need that star. Put the weight of a city on his shoulders. Give it to him. You know, if I'm the Celtics, I'm looking at it. The best guard I have, I don't know, Sherman Douglas. And then you're you're like, you go down the list. You're like, oh, Rick Fox. That's cool. But then you're like, it's 1996. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to go Jermaine O'Neal here. I love that. That's and- what I had on my board. And, you know, he gets a like a 20 year head start on his on his Boston stint. Pretty durable guy. Maybe not in terms of how many games he's actually playing a season because he got hurt fucking all the time. But he played a lot of years. And. I don't know, man, he He was really good when he was when he was healthy, he was really good. He, he he was getting legit MVP votes. Uh, yeah, six time all star. I, I think I think he made an all star team every single year he was with the Pacers. He was so good. Yeah. yeah. So that's very, very that's underrated. Going to the Celtics, Jermaine O'Neal. All right, I, I am I am up with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. This I believe this is your James team. James is Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, thank you, Keith. James is the you're a uh, the the president of the Sean Livingston uh, fan club, isn't that correct? Call me when you guys do the 04 draft. <laughs> All right. But don't Derek. give him the first pick. You don't heard give it here. Oh, don't here. give me the first pick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've actually got Vince Goodwill in for that one, so you can join. You can join in. Who do we have for that? I would love to. Wait, I would love do, to. Wait, who do we have for that? Vince Goodwill. Oh, of course. Yeah, we got Goodwill. Yep, and uh, Bill Simmons is joining us on that one too. Plus, um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's just. It's good. I, 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 this is the yeah, thing that I, I would do. explode if I ever, okay. yeah, if I ever got into a discussion with Bill Simmons, the, yeah. the would in uh, a good way or a bad way, Keith. Always uh, make it this. Hey, yeah. somebody's okay. gonna somebody's gonna clip this. I, so. I, I, yeah, I, I'm the kind of guy that I loved his book of basketball. Like so I thought good. it was great, inter- yeah. and, and yet at the same time, I was just going in and knocking all the historical accuracy inaccuracies. There's like 50 of them in that book. In that book. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the book is when he's talking about basketball. It's he's got great takes, man. He's he's he just he's a really uh, engaging writer. It's a great book. But mm-hmm. there's also a lot of the book that if you read it now, aged yeah. really weirdly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, weirdly I, is a better word than poorly. Then yeah, yeah like like it, I'll just say uh, one. It's a little crass, but. Like there's like yeah. a portion of the book where he just keeps talking about having sex with his wife. And I'm like, wait, what is this book? About? Oh yeah. I haven't read that in a long time. I'm trying to find like, it. I have it right here. He like wrote it yeah, like a family guy joke. He's like, and I don't want to, I don't know what your listenership is, so I don't, I won't say it, but it was rough. And so that book has always been a little weird to me. Yeah. He, he wrote it like right after Dirk Nowitzki flamed out against the Warriors and, and his Dirk Nowitzki takes, uh, <laughs> You know, in fairness to him, yeah. we're looking at it in hindsight, but yes, he aged very, very poorly. So, yes. you know, can you believe that the, the the league's best player was almost a German? Well, you know, <laughs> if you had waited a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right, now it's and now it's funny because, and I don't mean it. Sorry, I don't mean to keep going, but now it's like there's a Slovenian, there's a there's like a guy from Greece, there's a you yeah. know there's yeah. there's everywhere, everywhere. Right. Cameroon. Mike, you haven't actually picked yet, have you? No, no, I I have not. 
I uh, but that's all right. You guys are getting your Bill Simmons takes off, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So with uh, with the Clippers, uh, they just need somebody who could score. And uh, and there's a guy on here who's going to be like a twenty point uh, a game player for forever. Just never quite found his uh, his footing on the right team. So, but 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 I think I think uh, bringing him here and having him be the guy, uh, if you will, with the Clippers is going to work out. So Sharif Abdul Rahim is Good going pick. to Ooh. the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, I hate Sharif Abdul Rahim. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I look, I love his game. But 20 years ago, I hated him for two reasons. One, he dropped 50 on Ben Wallace. The, the best game anyone has ever played against Ben <laughs> Wallace in your career was Sharif friggin' Abdur. He 21 for 29. I remember that stat line, he, a, a flat 50 burger. But the other thing I hate was that he essentially stole. Ben Wallace didn't make the All-Star team his first defensive player of the year season. He led the league yep. in blocks and rebounds. There's only like four guys that have ever done that. And they still didn't put him in the All Star game. They put Sharif freaking Abdurrahim in the All Star game. I forgot that it was Sharif that got on the last yep. place Hawks, and the Pistons were were leading their division at the time. That yep. Of all the times, you know, where you just 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 flat out throw the record out, we're going to take the guy with the better offensive stats, and it always goes the other way around, except in that instance. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I love watching Sharif Abdurrahim play. Uh, very crafty scores, 6'10", great footwork, couldn't play a lick of D, but that's fine. He was still entertaining. Um, like, he will get you buckets. All right, all right. So uh, the New Jersey Nets are up at number eight. And I want to say, um, God, who was their coach? Uh, the guy, John Calipari, right? Yep. Uh, he was. Yeah, they were just starting the John Calipari era. All right, so... And I don't think they have a whole lot around them at this point. I'm just going to go with best player available. And it, to me, this is a no-brainer. I'm taking Ben Wallace. Uh, I was considering taking him at four over Ray Allen, pairing him with Kevin Garnett. Ooh, uh, I, I, I went with the offense-defense. But, you know, to me at number eight, I mean, Ben Wallace was like a four and four A on my big board next to Ray Allen. I I, I – considering this a steal. Um, yeah, you have to hope that they show more faith in him than the uh, the Boston Celtics did when, uh, I think, who was it? I think ML Card asked Ben Wallace to play, like, convert to playing shooting guard because they didn't think he was tall enough to play center. Like, <laughs> oh, ML Card. Like he, like, he was completely miscast. Yes. Uh, like, they tried to make him into a big wing instead of a center, which he obviously was, but. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Ben Wallace? Uh, right now, the only undrafted player ever to make the Hall of Fame. I'm sure Fred Van Vliet will have something to say about that in 20-some years. Ooh, uh, I like that you're planting your flag there. I like that. Yeah, I, and, and he, the thing is, he's got the championship lore already. So, yep. really, he just needs to have a, a really, really, really great career because he's got the hardware. Like, that's the, that's the toughest thing is to, to make your name in the playoffs. He's already done that. I hadn't thought about Fred Van Vliet as an hall of famer i need to ponder that a little bit i need to think I mean, about yeah, that i like that take young, though but i, I, like I think i think he's he's secretly tracking that way i like that take i'm gonna think about it for a little bit yeah i mean when you really think about it is the basketball hall of fame that hard to get into that and like well that and 
I mean, you can make a case, and we all love Chauncey here. But like Fred, Fred did a little bit more a little sooner. What are we? What are we doing here? Are we saying that Chauncey's? All right, not yeah, going let's, to go to let's, let's go to the next thing. Are we game. saying Chauncey's not going to the Hall of Fame because Fred Van? No, I think Chauncey's going to get in eventually. I just, I think yeah, he I think will too. Might be a few okay, years. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. They, they make right. you wait a little longer depending on your resume. Like Tim Hardaway was my guy for for decades, and he finally got in. Yes. Um. All right, so we're going back around again. Number nine, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who should have picked uh, three spots ago, but they very badly needed Eric Montrose for some reason. Uh, James, you're up. So this is this is a weird spot because my mind is trained to think about basketball in the modern day, and with Jason Kidd in year two at this point, I believe. Michael Finley having a year under his belt. Um, Sean Bradley still having... There's the hope of Sean Bradley. I think Sam Cassell's on this team. Uh, Jason Kidd's not going to be there much longer. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. He's not going to be there much longer. However... Neither neither is Cassell. No. And speaking of Eric Montrose, he was on this team. Um, This is tough because part of me wants to go Antoine Walker. However, I just think Peja, given what he did, given his skill set, you just can't go wrong with a 6'9", 6'10", shooter, um, especially when you have a guy like Jason Kidd at that point expecting to run your organization for the next 15 plus years. So I'm going to go with Peja. Um, I think one of the most underrated players of the last 20 years, part of one of the most fun basketball teams in the last 20 years. Uh, Peja was just a beacon of consistency and somebody I enjoyed as a young, young James genuinely loved Peja Stojakovic. So I'm going to go Peja at number nine to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that's like that's a great pick. I like that. Peja was top six on my big board. I He's actually, so good. Yeah, p- people see, and that's another one in, in hindsight. People look back and say, well, Peja was just the outside shooter for the Kings. You know, they had all this talent. People forget when Chris Weber missed basically the entire season in, I want to say, 03, 04. Like, yep. Peja was top five in MVP voting. He was like, so that good. Like, that was his best year. Yeah. I. Like, he wasn't just a spot-up shooter. I mean, he could post, he could attack closeouts, he could run him off the screens, he could ISO. I mean, he was bigger was than just... people remembered, I think. Like, he I was mean, like 6'10", right? 6'9", yeah, he 6'10". was a legit, a legit 6'10". Like, I, not that people remembered. Like, people who were there remember. But, like, I don't I don't think your young fans know how big Peja was. Peja was a big boy who played like a small forward. Yeah, exactly. And it's because he played the three for his whole career. People yep. don't realize that he was oversized for his position. Hundred percent. Like, 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 if you made Bojan six ten, like that was kind of like, like Peja, but Peja was a much better. Match. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right. So, all right. So up next, uh, drafting on behalf of the the Indiana Pacers, who absolutely fleeced the Denver Nuggets out of this pick. Uh, they they traded away Mark Jackson and got this pick and Jalen Rose in return, and the best part is three months or three or four months after this, uh, they wound up getting Mark Jackson back from the Nuggets anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
All right. So, uh, Nick, you're up. Now, I, I also think, Keith, it's important to note uh, Jerome Allen was a member of this team. Ooh, Pistons well, assistant coach Jerome Allen was an Indiana Pacer in 1996. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that is already good at this point. Um, the Pacers have things figured out. So when you have things figured out, usually that means you're starting five, you know, your top seven guys, you have that figured out. It's about finding guys on the margins. Think about the Warriors drafting Kavon Looney. Took a few years for that one to pan out, but boy, did it. So because of that, I think the Indiana Pacers here are going with Marcus Camby. Because I think if you're you're giving me 12 and 10 and three blocks, I mean, he's probably not going to do that because he wouldn't have seen the minutes that he would have seen in, you know, if he was with the Pacers, you know what I mean? But like you said, they just had, they just got Jalen Rose in. You got like Rick Smith's on the team. Mark Jackson comes back later. You got Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Miller. Um, (laughs) Yeah, round out the top ten. Marcus Camby. Uh welcome to, to Hoosier Country. Yeah, and if you look at who they actually picked here, uh, it was Eric Dampier. Like yeah. they clearly they clearly felt that they needed a, a space eater or a shop blocker in the middle. Uh, and all you did was uh you you drafted the correct uh, the, the rich man's version of uh of yeah. Eric Dampier with a lot yeah, a much better motor. Like the, I this might be the best fit. Uh, of anyone in the in in the top ten outside of maybe Philadelphia and Kobe, is this, like, this the is most a, this is a really good pick for you? Is this the most future NBA coaches you've ever seen on a roster? Jerome Allen, Darvin Ham, Fred Hoiberg, Mark Jackson, Brent Scott, Rick Smiths, Jalen Rose. Surely at some point has coached somewhere, but that probably not at an actual level. Where's Smith coaching? <laughs> Everyone else I recognize, but where's where's Smith? I think you're getting Rick Smiths uh, mixed up with Chris Mullen. Nick, surely Rick Smith has had a coaching gig somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But but still, but still, I mean, you look at Darvin Ham, Fred Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg, Mark yeah. Jackson, no, no, Jamal Allen, right. on its own. A lot of coaches there. Like everyone yeah. else, you named, I remember. I know is is coaching somewhere. I just Rick Smith's main. I could be wrong. I'm like, wait, what? What do I not know here? Could be wrong. All right. Uh, up next, uh, Golden State Warriors. Who will? Man, they they just keep. Uh, Pissing through their uh, lottery luck. They had the number one, they traded up to get the number one pick essentially in, in 93. And they, that didn't work out with Chris Weber. They lost him after a year, 95 and talk about a, a front loaded draft class. They, they won the lottery that year, uh, took Joe Smith, which at the time, I guess was a defensible position. I'm going to say bullshit. Uh, so now they're actually drafting at the bottom of the lottery at, at number 11. Uh, with a pick they actually traded to Orlando uh, for Chris Weber, and by some circumstance, they traded it to Washington, who traded it back to them. Well, I'm 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 upset. Uh, I'm throwing things against the wall in the war room because I wanted Marcus Campy. Uh, James is talking, but he's on yeah, mute. James, James oh, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, okay. I was confused by that as well. Yeah, see, it doesn't feel great, even though we're not doing this in like a competitive way. Because when when James took uh, Stefan Marbury, that was like I had been thinking in my head for the last five minutes about what my monologue about Stefan Marbury is going to be, and then he took him, and I had to really quickly, uh, like you said, get back in the war room, huddle up with my guys, think who are we going to go with here? It's a tough feeling. 
Uh, well, yeah, it, I, so I, I had to do that. Exactly that. I wanted to pick a center for them because they originally took Todd Fuller, who was garbage. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with a different player. I know they took Joe Smith last year with the number one overall pick, but I'm going to still, I'm going to take another power forward and I'm going to try to make it work between these two because Antoine Walker, uh, he couldn't possibly drop any lower than this. And, and I think he's, you know, he's the best player left on the board. And I, I think that it, it, it should work. It should work. And that's what we'll tell ourselves until we draft Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> what I was thinking when I got Marcus Camby. I was like, he fell. I was like, is, did I miss something? I was like, he's still here. So yeah, I agree. Um, At that point. I mean, even in real life at pick 11, usually you're going BPA anyways, right? You're it's hard to sort of, you're like, you're just taking whatever's left at that point. So yeah, if I'm, sure. Why not? If I'm golden state, I like it. Yeah, I had to ta- go ahead. I, I had to take a call. Who just went to the warriors? Antoine Walker. I figured. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, he, he kind of fits in with that dysfunctional team anyway, if you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got, <laughs> you got old Ben Mullen, but you still got Spreewell. Uh, like they, they've still got some talent, but that's, that's the thing with the Warriors in the 90s. They always had talent, but they never actually went anywhere with it. All right. So uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, who attained, acquired this pick from the Washington Bullets for Mark Bryce, uh, they are drafting 12th, and to me, this is an easy pick because Antoine Walker was actually the second guy uh, left on my bo- uh, at the top of my board. Uh, I'm going to take the number one guy, who was the guy that the Cavs wound up taking anyway later on in this draft, uh, Zadrunas Olgowskis. I forgot Zadrunas was in this draft until until you guys sent me the spreadsheet. Like, speaking of guys that I think are unfairly misjudged today, I I think people remember uh, Big Z mostly for, you know, having the, being the guy with the, like the big tall guy with bad feet that played with young LeBron and he was okay, but he wasn't, he was kind of like a space eater at that point. Like in the late nineties when he was young, uh, before all the foot injuries, like, man, he was really, he was like Rick Smith's uh, 2.0. He was, he was a really, really, really good offensive player, but Mm -hmm. like pretty much right away. I think, you know, you mentioned the thing about playing with LeBron. I think it's funny because for most people, when you think Zadrunas Ilgauskas, I think you think, Oh yeah, he was like the only guy that was on that team. Like when you think like LeBron didn't have any help except Zadrudas Ogalskis. Okay, I'll I think give he you made that an All Star game during that period. If I'm not, yeah, he I'm, did like very early on in his career. Everybody yeah. has always given him the proper respect of being like, well, except Zadrudas Ogalskis. Everybody likes him that much. Says something about a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he actually made two All Star games. He did actually make one alongside LeBron. So he yep. had- yeah, yeah. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, I think. Okay, I, like, I forgot about that one. I remembered the one in, from before. Yeah, it was like oh eight or no. Like oh three and oh five. Oh three in oh five. Yep, that's right. Yep. Now I'm excited, James, for you to do this next pick. <sighs> not not drafting on behalf of the LA Lakers. You're just picking for the Hornets. True. Because the, the, look, the Lakers are not going <laughs> to trade Vladi Divas for anyone left on this board. So <laughs> no, they are not. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, so to me. At this point, and I'm a firm believer of this in draft strategy in general, like if you're at 13th, you kind of just take the best player available. And I think Derek Fisher, solid NBA point guard for a long time. 
Uh, and I think that's the key. He played for a long time. Um, I think Kerry Kittles was where I was going to go, but I just think you want some longevity. Um, you want a guy that you know is going to be an NBA player for some time. And I think mm-hmm. Derek Fisher, more than so, more so than anybody on this list, was an above-average player for, for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, there's not really not much to say. I, of the guys that are left, I don't know if Derek Fisher is the most talent, but I think you could argue he had the best career. That's uh, And that's where I was at, exactly. Yeah, like, he's one of those guys where you don't notice him until he's on a really good team, and then you really notice him because yep. he's the guy making clutch shots and taking charges and stuff. Like, yep. he's like, he was like, I don't want to compare him directly to Bruce Brown because he was a much better shooter than Bruce Brown, but he's like, you see Bruce Brown on, on the... uh on the Brooklyn Nets, you notice he's there. You see him on the Nuggets, you notice he's there. Right? He's winning so, player, winning. He, he's a winning yeah. player, winning player. Exactly. All right, so yeah, I, I mean, he's a bit further down on my board, but no, your your logic is sound. I can't disagree with it. Um, I'm flattered. All right. <laughs> uh, drafting next is the Sacramento Kings at 15. Nick, you're up. Yeah, I mean, this one's tough. Um. Because normally in this spot, it's kind of like what I said before. It's like if you're a team that's picking in the you know the middle of the lottery, you're picking in the the middle of the teens. You know, you're probably just looking for like a tertiary guy. It's going to be hard for you because you know you're decent enough, but you're just not bad enough to have a high. Yeah, they are stuck in Mitch Richmond purgatory right now. Right. So you need the dudes on the on the margins. Right. You need those little. But the problem is then you look at who's taking the pick and it's the Kings. So you're like, well, yeah. but that's who they always draft. So it pains me to do this. But I'm using the logic of, well, we know that the Kings turn it around a few years from now. So it might help if when they do that, they have Tony Delk. I think it might help okay. if they have like Langston Galloway of the early 2000s. How's that one? How'd I do there? Because that's kind of what he was. He was never a starter. Like there he, were he seasons was like where... mid-range Langston Galloway. Like okay, he, he yeah, rarely... yeah, yeah. Like he he scored fifty. I I don't think he hit a single three, did he? In his fifty in his fifty three point. Oh, that's like a 50. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that yeah, before. I don't he, actually. He, I don't even know if he attempted. Yeah, he was all it was all mid-range shots. He and he, he of all people because he at the end of his I think the last year he was in the league was actually with Detroit. I don't know how many games he appeared in or anything, but I, I yeah, think he, that's no, true. He was pretty good off the bench. Like the, yeah. the bench wasn't very good for Detroit that year, but I think that was the 64 win season where their starters basically played every game, like 40 minutes. Uh, but yeah, it was okay. Tony Delk was pretty good. Off, like it was him and Maurice Evans. It was a really bad bench, but uh, yeah. he was pretty, he was probably the best of the bunch. Tony Delk is one of those guys that my life, like caring about basketball didn't totally align with his career. So he's one of the, like, I was, I was watching more football at the time than I was like games that weren't the Pistons. So Tony Delk to me has always just been one of those guys that I knew that he scored a lot of points, but like, I couldn't give you much else. So I think he's perfect for Sacramento here and that's where he's going. All right. So, uh, the Phoenix Suns about to adjust to life without Charles Barkley at number 15. Uh, Mike, you are up. Uh, there, there was a player that I think that everybody missed that was pretty high on my board. He didn't, he didn't play too long. Uh, but when he, when he did play, he, he had a pretty good little run and it's the guy who originally went eighth in this, in this draft. It's Kerry Kittles. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put him on the Suns, and, uh, 
you know, right right now they have um, Wesley Person and uh, uh, Tony Dumas, and and that's it. Uh, oh, and Rex Chapman, social media star Rex Chapman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but I you know Rex isn't going to be here much longer. I think he's heading to Miami soon. And uh, yeah, I, I think Kerry Kittles is going to be a nice little addition, and it'll get you like eight good years, you know. So yeah, one of the one of the pick. skinniest guards I've ever seen in my life. Like he was like six six, like one seventy. It was <laughs> like there there were jokes about like they could save money by faxing him from game to game. It was. He was still, he was a really good player. Like he had talent. Uh, going back to his villain, like he was a one and done out of Villanova, wasn't he? I, yes, I believe sure. so. I believe so. Yeah, like it's not like he didn't have talent, but as Mike said, he just couldn't stay healthy. Like he, he was like what people thought Rip Hamilton would turn out to be. I think. Ooh, I, think, I like I think that. Ooh, Hamilton I like that. Yeah, Carry- otherwise, yeah. I think Rip Hamilton's a top three pick. But no, I think right. people were worried about like his build. And I think the difference was that Rip Hamilton is like a workout warrior. Like he, he go ahead. Did Kittles did Kittles start on a finals team or was he the sixth yeah, man no, on that? I'm, no, he, I'm pretty sure he started on those Nets teams. That went yeah, I did too. Yeah, like Lucius Harris, I think was his backup. Lucius Harris, the the mass, the second mass man. Yep, he was like the lone floor spacer on that whole team. Forgot <laughs> about Lucius Harris. That's hilarious. Yes. All right, so. And that's the, okay. So I'm up uh, once again, the, the, the Charlotte Hornets are back on the clock. Uh, they took this pick from Miami uh, in the Lonzo morning uh, Glenn race deal. All right. Flint. So I'm sorry. Oh. I just yelled out Flint. Cause you said Glenn rice. Sorry. No, no, by all means. <laughs> all right. So, Glenn race is the one Flint product I will actively root for. There we go. I like that. That's <laughs> I like to hear that. All right. So I forget who who hit the third. All right, you, James. Who did you pick for Charlotte before? I pick. I forgot to write it down. Peja. Peja. Yes. No. Derek, Derek Fisher. You took Derek Fisher. Derek, for, you're right. You took Derek. Fisher, oh, right. with the Lakers pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fisher. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to factor that into my. So I already I already have Derek Fisher in Charlotte. My backcourt set. Uh, I know I've, I've still got Glenn Rice. I've got I, – I know I'm not, not going to get Vladi Divac, so that's – I'm going to need help in the middle. And, damn it, there's not a whole lot here. All right, so I, I'm going to go best player available. This is not a, a center per se, but I, I think he's a guy that's going to help uh, in the front court. Uh, Jerome Junkyard Dog Williams. Good pick. And as much as – yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to start because – Look, the Hornets lost Larry Johnson, but they also traded him for Anthony Mason uh, this offseason. So he's going to be backing up Mace. But still, he Joe Williams is one of those guys. He finds a way to get into games, and he finds a way to be impactful. Um, not not the greatest maybe defender, but just a hell of an energy guy, hell of a rebounder. Uh, could give you a little bit of offense, too, running transition. I, I He's a fan favorite wherever he goes. He was in Detroit. He was in Toronto. I, I think he will be in Charlotte as well. So I, I, I've talked myself into this one sufficiently. It's a good pick. I like that. Yeah, good, good, good dude. Um, so James, we are back to you again at number seventeen, the Portland Trailblazers. This is where it gets uh, hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go Chucky Atkins here. Um, uh, long time NBA player. 
reliable. You knew you could count on him. Backup guy um, at his best. I just think it's like at this point, if I know I can get a guy that can play in the league for multiple years at a guard spot, I, I would just go there and could shoot the ball. So I'm going to go Chucky Atkins. Yeah, he wasn't just a shooter. I mean, he was fast too. He was one of the yep. fastest guys in the league north south. Um, I, I the downside is he couldn't really guard because he was like 5'10, 5'11. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he was he was instant offense. Like uh, I, I loved his years in Detroit. Yeah, uh, he so, yeah, I thought he was a perfect compliment when he was in Detroit. And that's a guy that's yeah. like I said, like he was just a solid NBA player for multiple like, years. You saw the ceiling when they made the second round against Boston and like old Kenny Anderson kind of posted him up repeatedly. <laughs> and like, it, it was at that point, like, okay, maybe we can't go anywhere starting this guy, but we'd still like, yeah, he, he, he was still a pretty good uh, backup. Like yep. he got the most out of his ability. All right. So, him. all right. Number 18 is that would be Yes. That would be me. Um, one of several um, interesting Knicks picks here that were are coming up. This one actually originally belonged to the Pistons, who traded it to the Spurs in, in the Dennis Rodman deal, and the Spurs then flipped it to the Knicks for Charles Smith. Good old Charles Smith. I'm a little bummed because, once again, I had like a whole Chucky Atkins spiel I was about <laughs> to dish, and then I was – kind of kicking the can around on like a Darvin ham. Like, is that fun for the Knicks? Like, do I like throw in this, like, Hey, he's a future coach, like change the timeline a little bit again. That's not the point of this. So I was like, I need somebody who I know at some point in their career has scored legit NBA points. That's Shandon Anderson. That's who I'm going to go with here. Had that one banger year with the Rockets exploded from like, I don't know, I think it was like eight points a game to like 13. So like it really wasn't that crazy. Um, But hey, this is a Knicks team. I mean, we talked about, I think I had the Pacers earlier and we talk about how, you know, that's a team who has things figured out. You know, the uh, the Knicks in 96, what's the timeline here? Uh, Had just been to the finals once. Uh, To this point, yeah, they were in the finals in 94. In 94 against the Rockets, yeah, and then they yeah, lost. And then the, the Magic beat them the next year, I think. You mean you're talking about the Knicks? No, the, the, the Pacers knocked them out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was the, was that the, the, the choke, Spike Lee, Reggie Miller, 1995? No, no. Actually, that was 94. The Pacers lost that series. You're thinking of the game five where he lit up New York, but the Knicks won game six and seven of that series. Yeah, I'm going to confuse myself here. You're right, but... Uh, it remains the Knicks are at a point uh, where they just need a guy who can get some buckets on a playoff team. Shandon Anderson, boom. He, he, yeah, Shandon Anderson actually did play with the Knicks later on, but they they paid him a lot more money to do it than they are going to have to <laughs> pay him in the, from this draft. All right, um, and once again back on the board of the New York Knicks. Uh, this how they got this pick was even crazier. This originally belonged to Atlanta. They flipped it to Miami for Steve Smith. And Miami flipped it to New York for Pat Riley. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The, the Knicks actually got a first-round pick for Miami in compensation for Pat Riley. Hold on just All a right, second. So, James is looking at his phone. Are you going to break news on this podcast? Uh, No, I thought I might have to, but no, I'm not. I oh. was just checking to make sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. It was a... A text from somebody on the team, but it was not what I, yeah, it was not 
worthy of oh, news. No, not a blockbuster trade. Okay. Right. Uh, so <laughs> Mike, Mike is up uh, with the Knicks yet again. Yes. Uh, so I'm just looking at this Knicks team. They've got uh, Heisman Trophy winning uh, uh, Charlie Ward on this team. They've got Chris Childs as well. Uh, they could use some help in that point guard area. And uh, I've got a guy who can who can play point guard and shooting guard. Uh, was it was kind of a big uh, star at North Carolina this year, and um, you know he he went he went he went in the first round. I can't remember where he went, uh, but I'm gonna go. No, actually he fell. He fell to the second round. Actually, uh, originally gets picked by the Denver Nuggets, but he's going to New York. Jeff McGinnis uh, had a moment for your Clippers there, James. He did the lefty. Had the had the tightest braids of all time, big Jeff McGinnis guy over here. Yeah, uh, people don't remember in the, in the summer of two thousand three when the Pistons were everyone knew the Pistons were going shopping for a point guard. The two biggest names on the list were Chauncey Billups and Jeff McGinnis. Yep, and it it, it was a literal. I mean, it, no, it seriously was a discussion on who would you rather have on the Detroit Pistons? Would it be, you want to throw the bag at Chauncey? You want to throw the bag at Jeff McGinnis? And Jeff McGinnis, arguably at, at that time, some people might have picked him over Chauncey. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And um, I think that was part of the appeal for the Pistons was the price that they could get Chauncey at. Uh, I think McGinnis. Level, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think McGinnis, didn't McGinnis go for a little bit more in the open market? I'd have to double check that. You know what? Maybe yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to, even I don't have that one. Um, yeah. I thought that was part of the appeal was he was a little bit cheaper, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it, it, it may have been. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but not. It's a good uh, pick. Probably, right. Yeah. It it's was. a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he ever really found a, a, a home in his career, but it wasn't because he couldn't play. No, he he was on. I think the early LeBron Cavs teams. Yeah, played yeah, played a was, big. I remember that. Yeah, was yeah. in the rotation. Never like a key guy, but he played. All right, so uh, number twenty, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are up again, and, and I am once again picking for them. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Well, I've I've already picked Zdrunas Elgowskis, so I, I'm I'm set it up front. I, I know we've just traded Mark Price uh, for some reason, so I, I know we probably need a point guard, even though we have Terrell Brandon. Now, you know, I think they traded him to make room for Terrell Brandon, so scratch that they don't need a point. You know what? I'm just going to go with the – do I go defense or do I go with the fun energy guy? Do I go with the post score? I'm going to go with the fun energy guy. Uh, out of Kentucky, uh, Walter McCarty. Ooh. Yeah, shooter. Walter was one of the yeah one of Walter was one of the first original like six like six eight six nine skinny power forwards that like there was nothing that they specialized in they were just they were out there for energy uh he went out he shot he, he was one of the first guys his size to really uh, shoot a good volume of threes off the bench yep uh he, he was like Tom Heinsohn's favorite person on earth for a while <laughs> he was uh, not, also- not, not that. Go ahead. He was also Jesus, one of Jesus Shuttlesworth's many teammates. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yes, you're right. Okay. Yeah, There's another one still on the board. That. All right. So back on the board with the Knicks, picking with their own pick this time. Uh, 
James, you're back on the clock. Well, we have some slim pickings here. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think there's one that is a gimme, and if it's if it happens here, which technically it should, I'll be upset. It's gonna happen, and it's partially because I've I've gotten to know this person, and he he played in the NBA for a long time. Pro's pro was never good. It was never great. Not flashy. Uh, but 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 just was was a Quick correction there. <laughs> was never great. I'm sorry. Never great. Never flashy. Just a pro's pro. And just given his career, I'm gonna go Mr. Malik Rose. Yeah, no brainer. Former Piston uh, assistant GM now works for the NBA. Uh, just like one of those guys that you just want on your basketball team, even if it's twelfth man, thirteenth man. You could throw him in there. You can do some things. You can muck some things up. Uh, decent touch around the rim. Good guy, though. Good locker room guy. Malik Rose is my pick there. Yep. Yeah, really, really good career as a, as a back of the rotation guy for the Spurs, but he was always in the rotation. Always. Malik yep. Rose always. always found a way to play, even if it was just for five, ten minutes. He yep. always They always found a reason to put him in, and he always made an impact. So, yeah, that uh, uh, yeah, really one of the underrated – uh, I want to say, like to, to call him an underrated like tenth man is kind of like a backhanded compliment, but he, but he's he, a pro's he, pro. Yeah, he's like Rodney McGruder. Like if you have to throw him in, you're you're not you're not freaking out about it. Well, I mean Rodney Rodney McGruder is like a uh, like a really good like fourteenth man, but yeah, yeah that's I mean, fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Kojo maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that one. He's like a power forward version of Kojo. A power forward version of Kojo. Great way to put it. All right, so uh, up next, uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies are are on the board. I'm not even going to bother explaining this trade. They basically they they did a bunch of second round pick swaps, and Houston gave them their pick. I guess because they didn't want that guaranteed contract. Is that money laundering? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Something <laughs> sounds fishy is. about that. What the like, fuck? like they traded they traded their pick in like two seconds, and then Vancouver traded two seconds. It's you know it, it's the way tough. you're explaining it. It's like they put like six second round tickets into a machine, and it gave them. It, it was like a here's a first round pick as a reward. That sounds weird. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna go on behalf of the Grizzlies here. Uh, Lorenzen Wright. Ooh, that that's your pick and roll uh, compliment to Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. Good, pick. good pick. I think he he had a weird career though, because didn't he really only play? like for seven years, even though he was technically in the league for like 11, but he was yeah. never really healthy and he didn't start a ton. Like he was always a, you know, a seventh or eighth guy, um, but he was good for eight rebounds a game. He was very hyped up out of college. If I, if I believe he was, was yeah, there was a yeah, lot of belief in that. him. Yep. Yeah. He, he didn't really pan out like people thought he would, but he was still, I mean, he was still a legit NBA player. He just didn't have that, that career that people thought. Oh, yeah. Nice. I wasn't alive for that. <laughs> when he was in the draft, I wasn't alive, so yeah, rip, I, just, rip, rip. I had a lot of Lorenz and Wright trading cards. That's how that's my Lorenz and Wright memories. I've got them yeah. too. Uh, rest in peace, Lorenz. Yeah, yes, tragic, rest in tragic, peace. Tragic yes. ending. All right, so uh, number twenty-three. We're, it, hold we're on, it looks like Nick just found out that Lorenz and Wright died. <laughs> or, oh God, I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> we go through that a lot. On I didn't podcast. mean to drop that on you. 
He was oh. mur- he was murdered by his. I just uh, googled it. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, an ugly. It, it gets uglier the more you read. Yes, yeah. it'll be a Netflix documentary eventually. W- once you get to yeah, the whole nine one one thing of a situation, like you're gonna get mad about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take, so, take some time. Yeah. Well, I it. just feel like sh- I said something kind of mean, so I just feel horrible. I didn't. No, you, know kept, you kept it on. You, no, 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 no. you kept it on the court. Nick. It's okay. Yeah, okay. you kept it on the court. It was. Yeah. Oh. It was an unfortunate sure circumstance. <laughs> yes. But yeah. James is right. right. Unfortunately, this does happen constantly on the show. <laughs> this does happen a lot. All right. All right. So the, the Denver Nuggets, uh, they are on the board with what would have been Indiana's pick as the result of Indiana fleecing them out of Jalen Rose. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. The number 23 pick belongs to uh, Mike Payton. All right. Here we go. This is gonna be tough. Yeah, and you're you you're about to lose Matumbo. You know that. So yes, I do know that, and that's why I'm looking. You still have Antonio McDice, though, at least for another year. Chris Lauderdale. Hey, don't tempt me with a good time. (laughs) That's the greatest name of all time. Chris Lauderdale to me so many times in the last month regarding this draft. I just love that name. He's got a great name, marketable. Boom. There's tickets. One of the uh, biggest he, human beings I've ever seen, but he could not play a league of basketball. Seven foot He's four. Uh, maybe he just wasn't in the right situation. Do, dude, I'll do it. I, I'll do oh, it right are. now. I will. Are you, <laughs> if we're if we're doing a names draft, are you taking Priest Lauderdale above Priest Holmes? Uh, he'll be up there, but I think Moochie Norris has a yeah, hell of a name, say too. Moochie might win that one. Yeah. Moochie, Moochie's a great name. Yeah, I was going to say, Priest Lauderdale is going to the best name in this draft. Um, well, I'm going to have to go with a guy who has a cool name, um, just because, you know, this team does need a center now that, that, uh, Dikembe's gone. Um, I'm going to go with Vitaly Patapinko. Ooh. The Ukraine train. Ukraine train. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have much to say about Vitaly. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was a, he was a decent guy. He he played uh, uh some some he played basketball. Yeah, he, he played. That. That's a great way to put it. He played basketball. Well, you know, the irony is that the Cavs actually picked Potapenko and Nilgauskis in this draft, but they actually picked Potapenko first. They 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 picked him twelfth. They they didn't oh, pick that's up. That's right. Yeah, they didn't pick uh, Big Z up until I think the twentieth pick. Like he was like the sleeper in the, in this uh, in this deal. But yeah, and didn't it, didn't Potapenko play? Uh, if I'm not, didn't he play college ball in America or no? Wright State, Wright State. Yeah. That's yeah, right. He yeah. He... Uh oh, did we lose James? Uh oh, James froze. James Whoa, it happened again in 2022. This, this happened on our show last week. And there he is. He's back. There, he's frozen. I'm back. I don't right. know what happened. Sorry. What were you just going to say? I just said, I just remember Potapinko played over in America. I, that was it. That's all I had. Yeah. Yeah. He big, big dude, pretty decent athlete. Just didn't have a whole lot of basketball skills, but I mean, he was physically imposing guy. Um, but I mean, as soon as Cleveland fans saw Bill Galski's play, it was like, it was a wrap immediately. Um, I always get him and Slava Medvedenko mixed up, even though they're several years apart and plays and different play positions. Like. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's I don't know if it's semi-racist by me, but I just <laughs> always get those two mixed up. 
Wait, where is Slava from? Let me let me look that up. Is he quick. Ukrainian? That's what I'm thinking. Is he? I think so. Yeah, he is. He is Ukrainian. He yeah, is, he is Ukrainian. Fact. Okay, maybe that's why. So I don't feel as bad okay. now. Yeah. So no, you're good. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. How many? I know Svi is Ukrainian. I, I I swear there's a few other Ukrainian. Alex Len. Uh, is he still? I think that might be it right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alex right, Len, so... uh, birthday twin. We have the same birthday. So the the, the LA Lakers, which we have absolutely screwed over in this draft. Uh, <laughs> Well, if you think about it, they're not, not getting Kobe at 13. And if they're not getting Kobe, they can't trade Vlade. And if they can't trade Vlade, they, they don't have the cap space to sign Shaquille O'Neal. Oh so so we, we have just created a, a massive butterfly effect uh, that they are basically stuck with the, the late show for another two or three years with Eddie Jones, Vlade, and Nick Van Exel. Like, I love, still a good I love Keith's history mind. It's yeah, it's very, like I always thought scary, my whole life, like I got like some random like stuff and then you meet Keith and it's like, well, fuck me. <laughs> uh, um, Excuse all me. Right, so, no, that's no, fine. no, you're good. OK, we'll, we'll put we'll put the explicit yeah, this, on this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll put that tag on there. <laughs> all right. So. So how am I going to continue the late show here? They just lost Magic Johnson for the second time. So that's, yeah, this is just not, yeah, there, there's nothing good that can come out of this. Like, I, I'm a half step away from drafting Darvin Ham. Just, I mean, just, I honestly think just, that should be the pick here. <laughs> just just because, like, he fits that that up and down uh, fast break style that they play with. Yep. But, like, Darvin Ham is, like, the 10th guy left on my board. Um. All right. I, I Gotta go BPA. Yeah, I, I there, there's one guy that's clearly better than everyone else, and that's Othello Harrington. I was gonna say Othello probably should go here. Yeah. He, he's just he's just so far higher than everyone else on my board. I had him 17th. Um, I'm not mad at that. Othello no, no, coming out, yeah, out of coming out of college, Othello was a, yeah. a problem for sure. Back, back when back when Georgetown still produced NBA talent. Yep, and I I think the Othello's issue is, um. People my age and younger, if they're able to even recall Othello, I'm sure Nick can't. They just think of the Knicks. And if you if it you was showed me that name, he was in New York. If you showed me that name and didn't tell me it was part of the 1996 NBA redraft, I would have been like, "Is that the dude who was like who Will Chamberlain dunked on when he scored 100 points or something?" <laughs> what do you mean the guy's name was Othello Harrington? What do you mean? Was he the milk delivery guy? That was playing Bill Russell. Was that yeah. he was a he was a cable guy. <laughs> is that, he, he, he is really that the guy from sound... the Shakespeare play? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, like, he, I don't... You're right. He really does sound like he's from the nineteen like fifties. Hundred percent. Othello. Did he play in a powdered wig? Who was my it? dad? <laughs> randomly liked Othello, so like I remembered him from that. But then like when I got older, I had like a dozen New York Nick Othello Hamilton cards. I was like, he's trash. Yeah, with this. The third uh, Georgetown uh, pick that we've had in this draft. I mean, it's yep. crazy that George, that Georgetown hasn't had an NBA like first round pick since um, Otto Porter, right? Otto Porter, yeah. Yep. That was like, yeah, it's been over a decade. It's good. It's, yeah. All right, so um, we we cycle around one last time. Everyone gets one more pick. Uh, James drafting on uh, your not your team, the Utah Jazz. Uh, <laughs> 
I can't think of anything. I can't think of any team in the league less like the LA Clippers than the Utah Jazz. Like the <laughs> that is a great point. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm just going to go Mookie Norris uh, because I actually like vaguely remember Mookie Norris. I love Mookie Norris's Mookie. name. Mookie. Mookie Norris. I was going to say, are you? I was. I was like, are you thinking of Lil Mookie? No, no. I told you guys I had too much wine. Mookie Norris. Okay. I, I, my, I'm 30. Turned 31 in March. I remember Moochie Nor. I remember Houston Rockets Moochie Norris. Yeah, yep, uh, which was like no Moochie Norris. Back, back in uh, Steve Francis. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna go Moochie Norris here because I vaguely remember Moochie, and why not? It's pick 25. No, he was a fun player. Yeah, he was. He was a fun at, player. Yeah. At, at this point, yeah, you you can afford you can pick a player for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, he was 26. a lefty too, right? Or no? Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he was. A lefty. I think he was. I think, yeah. you know, maybe you're thinking of Coutinho Mobley. <sighs> they were. I, I know. Mobley, I know Mobley was a lefty. Was Mucci Norris a lefty too? This will be easy go, for me to look. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and do your guys' picks. I'll look. I I can look it up. All right. So, uh, Nick, your last pick. You will be picking on behalf of the Detroit Pistons, uh, who should be picking much higher, but they 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 agreed to swap picks with the Spurs. In the Rodman uh, Sean Elliott disaster trade, so uh, twenty six pick. Uh, keep in mind you you are about to engage on the worst summer in Pistons history, where you're going to lose uh, Allen Houston, and then you're going to spend two first round picks to get Stacy Ogman, who will not play for you. So yeah. with that in mind, enjoy. Very <laughs> quick. Box teal. Mucci was left handed, and I. I in my mind, I was thinking of braided Moochie, but Moochie had one of the underrated froze in the NBA. Go ahead. Yeah, That's you know, double you know, armband that he wore on his biceps. Yeah. Like, yeah, shout out to Moochie Norris and and the tremendous Houston Rockets pinstripe yeah. slash big basketball. Believe it or not, team. I actually rewatched for one of my upcoming videos. I rewatched a Pistons Rockets game where Francis was out and Moochie started. Oh I think God! I, I it was like Moochie played well, but the Rockets lost by like thirty. That tracks. That team was poop. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. It, you take Francis off that team, they were the worst team in the league. That they was the poop, year yeah. that they tanked hard and got Yao. That's right. That's how they got Yao. That's yeah. right. Moochie was on that team, and Steve missed a lot of games that year, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yep. right. I'm I'm sorry, Nick. I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah. F off, Nick. I'm only pissed because I had a based on like the segue that you were doing Keith I had a banger joke that I was going to be able to pull off but now it derailed the momentum for it a little bit so I'll just do this uh you know some picks are uh written in the stars but I think this one is in stone sealed and signed she's not my lover like Billie Jean but the kid is mine Darvin Ham is going to the Pistons here based solely solely on I'm not gonna lie guys we're at a point in the draft don't know what's I thought Othella Harrington was like a dude from the Renaissance. So uh I know Darvin Ham. We all know him as Pistons fans. And the rationale for whoever I was gonna you whatever team I was gonna draft him uh with earlier, you know, I was gonna be like, oh, you know, well, we know he's a future coach, so he's a really smart guy. Maybe that'll help. Hey, he won a championship with the Pistons, so let's just make sure because here's what we're doing. This is the, this is the spin, actually. Go ahead. Since we're rewriting so much history here, why don't we, if nothing else, keep the Pistons timeline as as clear as possible? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, so so you're going to reward him for his championship ring by putting him in teal. 
<laughs> exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mike, uh, you you are the Orlando Magic, who are they've they've they're at the top of the roller coaster and they're about to go straight down. Uh, yeah. Well, All actually, right. you know what? The way we've done this, Shaq is probably staying in Orlando. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I take that back. So you are up with the 27th pick, Mike. Okay, here we go. Um, so this I'm going to just do something stupid because why not? Yeah. It's the 27th yeah. pick. And uh, I, maybe Keith will be the only other person on this podcast who knows who this guy even is. I, James, you might, but I, but I don't think you will. Test uh, me. <laughs> all right. I, all right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to take Australian legend Shane Heal. God, you actually did it. Yep, I actually did it. Uh, and and look, I mean, he's one of the best basketball players in Australia at this time. He does come to the NBA. He for like five played, minutes. Yeah, for like five minutes. I think he literally plays like five minutes uh, for the Timberwolves and then heads right back to Australia. Then he comes back and he plays for the Spurs for six games. But this this dude, he could he could play. He he could play in a different era, and that's that's the thing. If he plays today, he could. I agree. He could shoot the three ball. That's and a good he, point. And he, he is a better prospect in 2022 than he is right. in 1996. Right. Yes. Agree. And and if you go back in time to the Olympics, he he gave the Dream Team two hell. Like the Dream Team two won that game, but but Shane Heal went off in that game, and that's probably the reason why he even got drafted. Yeah. Oh, a hundred all together. Yeah, so, I remember that game, but and then yeah, th- that game got him a essentially a spot on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he shot twenty seven percent, and then he was <laughs> seventy. Just... No, Shane Heal, Shane Heal okay. to the Orlando Magic. It's but look in, in terms everything. of fun, like Shane Heal was was a he was kind of a fireball. So I mean, this is this tracks Why not? the energy we were going. Yeah. yeah right. Like at the twenty seventh pick, there's no such thing as a bad pick, right? So no. All right, so with the Chicago Bulls, uh, and I I am going to wax poetically about a player that I'm guessing none of you have ever heard of. Uh, Isn't it the Hawks, Keith? Is it Martin Mersup? You're picking for the Hawks. Yeah, why am I saying the Bulls? It is the Hawks. The Bulls is the next pick. Either way. All right. Our last Uh, pick um, of the day. Yep. All right, so the the Atlanta Hawks, and it has anyone ever heard of uh, a player out of Murray State called Marcus Brown? Yes. No. Okay. So no. So, okay, so Marcus Brown, and I remember him very vividly from the preseason of nineteen ninety nine. I I I couldn't recall any of our preseason scores from this year, from three months ago, but I remember Marcus Brown vividly because that was the year that Joe Dumars had just retired. And this guy comes in that I never heard of, uh, just lights it up all preseason for the Pistons. Uh, about the same build as Joe Dumars, maybe maybe a few bills lighter. Uh, excellent shooting guard. Um, well, I should say excellent shooter. But, you know, the season started and he didn't play much. He was buried on the bench. And they eventually cut him like after a month to make room for John Karate. And I bring up Marcus Brown. Uh, because he goes on to Europe and he becomes the all-time leading scorer in the history of the EuroLeague. Uh, I, I stand by, I don't understand why he never really made it in the end, but clearly the man had talent. And I remember, 
I remember him in a preseason in, in playing in preseason from 23 years ago. I still remember him. He was that good. And for whatever reason, he just didn't make it. Uh, I, I'm hoping that the, the Hawks, they, they don't have a whole lot of depth behind Mookie and uh, Steve Smith. So I, I'm going to, st- I was going to go with somebody else. You know, I'm going to stick with Marcus Brown here, who was originally the 46th pick in this draft. So it's not like he was undrafted. Uh, but I, I came thinking... on this. I came on this pod to learn something new. That was it, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. I, I, yep, I I tried. Like this was. I, I'm I'm convinced I'm the only person on earth that remembers Marcus Brown ever played for the Pistons. <laughs> I have no recollection of Marcus Brown at all. I yeah, said he, he... I said that yes that I did, but I was lying. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you gotta lie. It's okay. Sometimes you gotta lie. Yeah. A little all lie right, doesn't so that... hurt anybody. That's the 1996 right, so, NBA yeah, redraft. And uh, guys, we did it. And I've been this, waiting for this one for so, so long. I'm, I'm so happy this all worked out. Everybody did a great job. And uh, James, did you have a take you wanted to get off real quick? I did not. I thought we had one more pick. Um, and I was going to encourage whoever it was to take Jamie Fike out of Michigan State. But uh, apparently I... With the 29th pick, the Chicago Bulls. Thought, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, yeah Maybe, thought. you guys just want to go crazy? Let's finish it. Let's just finish the whole draft. Second round, too. Uh, <laughs> with the 58th <laughs> pick in the second round. <laughs> that and that's sick. more where Jamie Fike should be going. Yeah. Uh, and you lost your listenership. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes, guys, thank you for, for uh, coming yeah, thanks, on. Thanks, guys. This was uh, great. Yes, thank we, you guys for having us. Honestly, I'm I'm I've enjoyed what you guys have done. Uh it's a very cool angle with all the Pistons podcasts out there. It's it's cool to have a niche and just a unique approach to it. So appreciate you guys having us and thank you for uh for thinking of us on this yeah. legendary draft class. We gotta have you back for another draft. Uh you know, oh four, baby. <laughs> we could we could maybe have yeah. a bunch of people. You, Goodwill and and the Bunny Cardigan Boys on one big show. Shout out to Josh Childress. Four was a really top heavy class, but I mean, yes. we could do ten people. We're still not doing more than twenty picks. <laughs> yeah, I think that twenty is a good cutoff for that class. Yeah, which class is Andrea Bargiani the number one pick in? You guys could do that. Show oh six, oh seven, <laughs> oh six, oh six. You guys, we'll, yeah. we'll welcome you back for the oh six show if you want. That'll be fun. <laughs> We'll try to figure that one out. Shout Mike, out to Al Thornton. That's who Mike, the Clippers took that year. Mike Miller won Rookie of the Year that season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Mike Miller. <laughs> no, Mike Miller was Rookie of the Year in 2000. Oh, uh, 2001, excuse me. He yeah, he yeah, because he he well, lost eight in 2000. He he was and, the uh, year where we said, okay, we we got to give it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I this love Mike Miller. Suck. He's on my top 15 favorite player list. Well, once Random. again, guys, um, we we both love your show. So so that love, that love you guys gave us, we reciprocate that right back. I mean, I listen every week, so it's it's a good Appreciate show. You. Um, you know, and that's that's where I've I've learned stuff like talk to me nicely, and uh, <laughs> anytime you could you know give me some more slang terminology to go with, that's anytime I can look cool somewhere, that's that works for me. Um. All right, let's uh let's go ahead and end it on uh, next week's show. We're we're gonna be doing something uh, uh different again, um similar to what we did with our Mal- uh, Malice at the Palace episode. We're gonna be talking about kind of a moment in time 
but we're going to go a little bit differently. It's going to be a rivalry. We're going to be talking about the Pistons and Celtics rivalry uh, of the 1980s and uh, maybe, you know, a little bit into the 2000s, oh. I would say. You know what? I could go back to the 1950s. Uh, do, you, do you happen to know that the – all right, real quick bit of trivia. You're built people. different, Keith. Yeah, there we go. But – Ken Burns, you, ladies and gentlemen. Does anyone know the very first NBA game uh, played in, in uh, Detroit was? I'm going to guess Pistons Celtics. Uh, Pistons weren't involved at all. It was the, uh, the I want to say it was the Knicks and the Hawks. They they sold that game as like the, the, the um, yeah, it, they sold it as a doubleheader. And then the, the second, yeah, I know, I know, it's weird. It's the 1950s in the NBA. But the, the actual second game for that night was the Pistons hosting the defending champion Boston Celtics. That was the very first game that the Pist- the Detroit Pistons ever played was against Bill Russell and the Celtics. Uh, they got destroyed that night. I would love to do our oral history on the first ever game played in Detroit, but I can't imagine anybody's live anymore. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Aside from a few quotes in the box score, I got nothing. I, <laughs> that's I, insane. I that is a great tidbit i had no idea that well who was it the hawks and who i want to say it was the knicks and the hawks i want to say that's what it was that's a great i I could be wrong but i know it wasn't the pistons were the second they were the main event for that night that's an insane nugget that's good george George yardley versus bill russell that's your guy nick george keith i don't i'm not gonna tell it on the i'm not gonna tell it on the pod i have a yardley story for you when we when we get off here okay uh so right right before we get out of here, one last thing, one real quick thing. James, Nick, each of you, one album of the year. What is it? Oh, of the year? Of the year. Oh, let me pull up my list really quick. B.B. Bridger's uh, Blue Rainbows. She didn't have a... Uh, she that, didn't have a, a record come out this year. She was only on. Um, well, technically, she had a Christmas EP come out, but it, it was covers, and that doesn't count. I'm gonna go album of the year. Well, the JID. The, that's your stuff. No, I'm not gonna do JID. I have my favorite album of 2022 is listed as Fickle Friends. Are we gonna be all right? But I don't think I'm gonna pick that. I think I'm gonna go. SZA, SOS. I'm doing it. SZA, album of the year. Congratulations. Wow, you did it. It's been out a week and a half. It's been yeah. out a week. Album of the year. That happened fast. Uh, I'm going uh, I'm going West Side Gun, Peace Fly God. Uh, very, very underground raps. But yeah, West Side Gun, Peace Fly God. That's my pick. Honestly, never mind by Aubrey Graham. <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, if we're doing alternative. Um, I got to say that, and and I got to go with the album that I probably listened to the most over what might be the best. I really, really, really liked that J.I.D. album. But the thing I spent like my whole summer just on repeat was Action Bronson, Crocodilo, 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 Turbo. Turbo, Um, yeah, that's right. That there were so many bangers on that album. The very good album. The beats were just incredible, and obviously the rapping is great as well. But yeah, that I, that I listened to that so much this summer that yeah, that's got to be my album of the year. Great pick. That's in my top seven. Keith, so it's <laughs> no. number seven then. No, I I've got nothing for you. If I tried, it would be embarrassing. So no. <laughs> I respect that, Keith. 
Keith was big on Creed's greatest hits this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, enough to know when I'm too old, a little bit too old to be in the club. All right. <laughs> Quite all a right. legend. All right, guys. Uh, anything to plug or are we, we just getting out of here? Um, Bonnie Cardigan after, show. Yeah. Yeah. After you're done listening to this podcast, hop on over to uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We have a new podcast up on Tuesday as well. So, um, assuming you're traveling or you don't really give a shit about work on Tuesday, check out Bun and Cardigan after you listen to this one. I mean, you could, the easy thing is like, Hey, are you kind of getting burnt out with the holidays coming right up? You know, your break is right there. Hey, waste some time. Listen to the Bun and Cardigan show available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to this and the Bun and Cardigan at the same time. Yeah, one, on your, one on your phone, one on your laptop. Just have them both playing at the same time and just see where your mental space goes. I forgot that we, like we're supposed to treat this like it's a talk show, so we should be technically doing a promo for The Athletic. We should be selling ad-free listening only on The Athletic. Yes. Great job, Nick. You don't even, you're not even employed by The Athletic, and I should have no. done that. Great job. That's why I got you. Yes. Yeah. And then Here head over to SB Nation, uh, direct competitor, uh, and read, <laughs> read my Lions stuff. And, uh, you know, th- I don't compete with James, but my companies do. Uh, yes. But anyways, <laughs> thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks for everybody listening. We will see you next week with the Pistons and Celtics rivalry.